0: Hi, I'm Will Hines. Uh, welcome to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. And here's my thoughts on giving notes.
1: The Improv Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Ronnie. Hello there. Good to have you. Thanks for being here. My name is Bronny. This is the Improv Conspiracy Podcast, the show where we talk about improv comedy. More specifically, we talk to a guest about a little niche area of improv that they are passionate about. And today is no different. Uh, I recorded this episode this morning uh, and then I t- went for a little walk in between. Uh, and along my walk, I found the best Australian poems, 2011, just sitting out on a, on someone's driveway in a pile of other books. It seemed like they were there to be taken. It wasn't maybe a hundred percent clear that, uh, they were for taking. Maybe someone is just moving in and left their books at their driveway. Uh, momentarily, if that is you and you've lost the best Australian poems, 2011, um, then uh, you can email me and we can talk about the terms of its return. Who's on the show? That's a good question. Let's get into it. His name's Will Hines. He is an actor and improviser from the States. He came up at UCB. He's been on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Broad City, Inside Amy Schumer, Conan O'Brien. You probably know him if you're an improv nerd because he is an improv legend. Uh, It was really cool to talk to him today. And we talked about giving notes, uh, which I loved because I have referenced him many times when talking to new coaches or new teachers about notes. uh, And it was cool to talk to him about them. If you enjoy this episode of Will's thoughts, or you just like his energy, you can spend more time with his energy uh, by checking out his improv school that he started up during COVID-19. It's called World's Greatest Improv School, which you can find at wgimprovschool.com. Uh, It looks pretty cool to me. And you can also grab his book, uh, How to Be the Greatest Improviser on Earth. It is one of the books I absolutely recommend to anyone who asks. Uh, So check that out. Without any further nonsense from me, let's hear from Will. Here he is, my friends.
0: So I want to talk about giving notes. You know, like when coaches give notes after a show or teachers give notes after an exercise, Uh, it's a big part of the improv culture is giving notes to each other. And the thing I just want to say is like to, I think people should be, myself included, uh, more aware of the emotional impact of the notes you give versus like how smart they are improv-wise. I guess let's say that there's sort of like two effects of the notes you give. There's the content of your note, like the advice the strategy that you're recommending or the thing you're suggesting that they do or don't do. But then there's also just like the effect it has of you, the authority figure telling them they did something wrong or could have done something better or complimented them. And like, I think the emotional impact of the note might be more impactful than the sharpness of your like advice. Not to say that like the the content of the advice isn't, impactful, but I just think it's less impactful. The amount of time you spend giving the note probably has more of an effect than what you say. If I spent five minutes talking about a very minor problem versus one sentence, like five minutes talking about how somebody was unclear about the location and how that like affected the scene versus one line saying, this was a boring choice. And then I move on. And I would consider that latter note to be a lot more harsh, but doing it like in one line and moving on might be a warmer note than like five minutes dragging a minor flaw through the mud just because you, the coach or teacher couldn't think of how to do it. I mean, giving notes is like anything else in improv. It's something you learn and practice. You have good days and bad days. So it's not like you have to be perfect, but when teachers or coaches do not mind their responsibility to not be an asshole. It really hurts improv culture overall. Like there's nothing more humiliating. Actually, there's a lot more humiliating, but a humiliating thing in the big bestiary of humiliating things is an improv authority getting truly angry at their students or cast for doing a bad job, which, you know what? I've been there and I think anybody who's taught or coached has been, I was so mad at them. Why were they so bad? Like nobody means to be bad and for you to yell at them and they're probably paying you it's just you've lost perspective if you're getting mad at the person you're giving notes to it's different if somebody mistreats another member of the class you know then you got to shift into like school teacher mode and like you know stop somebody being a bully or mean that's that's rare but it does happen and that that is an occasion for being sort of like firm you know hey you like really ignored this person on stage and you knew that and that, that something like that. I just think we don't talk enough about the emotional impact of how we treat each other. We just assume that we're all going to be good people, but why don't we codify the responsibility of being nice to each other? Why, why isn't that part of the training? Like part of giving notes should be, it's notes, not a lecture. Part of coaching is it's coaching, not teaching. You know, so like keep your ego small is you know, kind of the advice, even if you're the authority figure. And again, I need I need to hear it as much as anybody. And the reason I've I'm saying it as I became aware of certain times in my like improv career when I'm I don't know kind of big for my britches and thought I was the shit, and just like started like acting like I knew everything. You know, you really you, you slip into that without meaning to. And then um, I think it's not bad to have a small bag of simple notes you give a lot repeatedly so that the people you work with can almost predict what you will say. Like there's probably a handful of small notes that are really important to you. So find out what they are and say them enough that you can be predicted. Matt Besser was one of my teachers and he was all about finding the game to the point where I can almost guess what his notes would be on a scene. And I think that's to Matt's credit as a teacher. Like a teacher should be you should be able to be figured out. I think mine are listen, accept offers, uh, say yes to being the unusual thing, and uh, playing it real is more important than heightening the game. Those might be mine right now. And I would like to give those enough that people could like predict it. I, that's probably, I'm probably not successful at that. But the emotional tenor, as much as the content and one way to do that is have a simple bunch of notes you repeat a lot. You don't have to note everything.
1: So I do want, this is an awesome point, this emotional impact thing, because uh, I think about this a fair bit as well. I hear a lot this this term, like choice coaching, when like a an improviser might like have a beef with the way they've been coached. And, and often the term choice coaching comes up, Yeah, which is like, They've obviously been on in a scene, being vulnerable and you know, creative. Creativity on the spot is vulnerable in its nature. And then, like they were, they feel like they've been judged on their choices rather than on their process.
0: Right, right, right. It's the teacher doesn't like the it's it's a, you're being noted for taste, not for uh, competence or whatever.
1: Right, exactly, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that has a big emotional impact. Yeah, for sure. And then because it's like, then am I battling Will's?
0: taste in comedy
1: versus mine or are we talking about improv?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's really frustrating to be on the other end of that. I guess on the coaching side of it, coaching slash teaching side of it, if you can be aware of that, it might not be bad to speak to it. You know, to be like, ah, this really isn't my style. So I might not be as sympathetic as I should be. Um, But I will say that if you're going to do that, then it follows that you would do this, that or the other, something like that. So you can like separate out that might be a good compromise. If you feel like you have to say, man, do you got to say, do you got to do dick jokes every three lines? Um, (laughs) And instead you should be like, okay, given the dick joke, what is the consequences of the reality you have created? (laughs) That's
1: it. (laughs) And do you find yourself like, what do you do when it like a, I, I have some students who want all the alternatives, like, They might, they might be like, Bronnie, what would you have done in that scene? Like, what are the, what are the five ways you would have gone? I don't think
0: it's bad to say what you would, what, uh, that that's, that's a common criticism is the teacher shouldn't write the scene for the student, but I don't think it's bad to do that. To like give an example of what you're thinking of. Uh, It it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right move, but it clears up what you were thinking of. It's like, I was expecting a move like this. You know, yep. or I, I needed a game clarifying move there. Something like where you summarize the behavior in one sentence, then you do it. I don't think that's so bad to, as an example of your own thinking. It does, it does irritate some people, but I think sparingly it's not a bad thing to do. But the whole like noting the scene, not for what you wanted it to be, but for what it was, that's, that is a tough skill. Mm-hmm. Choice co- coaching. I like that term. I've never heard that. One thing I, I, I try to get better at is like, I try to go on the assumption that nobody wants the show to be bad. So anything right. anybody does was an attempt to help right? in some way, even if it's misguided or fraught with insecurity or something. So it's like, I try to be empathetic to what were they trying to do? So for example, if I'm watching a set and it just is gets very unrealistic right away and somebody's forcing an unusual thing and they're repeating it a lot right away and it's fake. And I hate it. Right. I hate it. It's like dumb. And I'm like, this is disgusting. Yeah. This is appalling. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking rip them apart. Once, <laughs> once I get to notes, I'm going to really make it personal. Yeah. But um, what were they trying to do? They were trying to play a game. So it's like, well, how experienced are these students? Where have they studied What teachers are in their mind that they're trying to please? Who are their favorite teams that they're trying to be like? You know, if if you're a coach in the same improv scene as the people, you probably know the answer to a lot of that. Uh, It's like, oh, they're trying to be like whatever team. Yeah. They're trying to please whatever teaching that they've had. Yeah. And maybe that's not bad. I mean, when I was a student, I, you know, I would try on different identities you know, as easily as switching a jacket, you know, it's like, oh, I got to try to play it slow and real. It's like, no, I got to go for it right away. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. like I got to be confident and big. It's like, no, no, no. I got to be patient like a spider or whatever. And some of these things, you know, I'd be good at or bad at depending on how well they suited me or, you know, just the roll of the dice, but it would be nice to have a coach. who would be like, Oh, I could see you were trying to, to be really aggressive and confident. I could see that you were really trying to make big choices it'd be nice to have the coach be a good enough improviser to recognize that. Mm. Even, even if it, even if you blew it, you know, even if it's like, well, you, your listening was really bad. And like you had, you know, you had a bad judgment of what was funny, but <laughs> wow, it was a side of you I'd never seen you like made this big choice and you stuck with it. And I don't know, it's a, you know, be like a fan of their journey <laughs> as an improviser, be empathetic to them just trying to be good.
1: Right. And do you find yourself different like after a show versus in a classroom?
0: Yes. In a class, I I feel much more confident on the notes I give in class and the notes I give after a show. I really, I think it's one of the weakest points of me as a teacher. Mm -hmm. I feel very inconsistent at it. Do you know why that is? I think because if it's a show, the reality of the audience's reaction is making a, the notes feel much more important. Like if they had a bad show and they're looking to you for help, what did we do wrong? I'm like, Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know if I, I might not have a really satisfying answer here. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually no, notes after a great show are easy because right. just compliment them on what went right. I guess the only time that's bad is if they did it the way you don't want them to do it and it worked, but then that's on you, the teacher to adjust to be like, I guess their way works. <laughs> but cause there's another category though of like, they're just, the audience just likes it a way that you don't like it. I feel like meta, meta comedy, like when comedians are aware of that they're doing an improv show and they call attention to it is something that like teachers and coaches universally despise, but audiences, I think universally love it. Right. And so I think that teachers and coaches gotta chill out and like accept that a certain spoonful of meta comedy is okay. And instead we should be working on how can we measure productive meta comedy and destructive? And I've Uh thought about it. Uh And here's my current hypothesis. Please. Good I think good meta comedy comes from a place of joy where you're having so much fun. That you're like, isn't it funny that I'm doing? An, isn't it fun, sorry, that I'm doing an improv show? Isn't it fun that I'm making you, you know, list ten Michael Bay movies for no reason? Isn't it fun that I just named you by your real name with one letter different? So I think that's okay. And the the meta stuff that's bad is when it comes from fear. It's like, oh, I have to apologize for something not working. I have to apologize for doing an improv show. Mm -hmm. I have to make fun of something so that the audience doesn't make, I think that's destructive. Right. But if it's joy based meta, I'm always like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I let that go.
1: Yeah. I mean, I saw recent, not recently, it was right before lockdown. There was a, um, one of our Herald teams went super meta to the point where I think there was a character uh, named Adam Kangas after the, the ad here Uh they all felt gross afterwards but there was like the room was buzzing with with how fun it was um yeah and the thing was that like even though they all felt gross afterwards you didn't get a sense at all that there was any member of the team who felt gross during
0: Mm, mm, because
1: there's always if there's like if half the team's going meta and then half the team are on the sidelines being like oh god in the moment then it's like there's that push and pull of yeah this is a bit
0: gross but yeah, if everybody's on the same page with how meta they're being, and it can be really fun. I've done a lot of meta shows. I guess it also depends if it's a rut. Um, you know, are you? Is it a bag of tricks that you're you're no longer really? You know, staying present. That you're just. Pan- I, yeah, I think it's fear versus joy. If you're doing it out of fear, then don't do that. If you're doing it out of joy, then it's probably okay. Um, mixed in with how did it go over? Did the audience like it? Because a lot of times meta stuff, the audience doesn't like it. They're like, well, I don't know who that, pro- I don't know who Adam Kangas is. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. They probably do at the Herald night of a theater where Adam is the AD, but I'm, you know, uh, I, you know I, I came up through the UCB theater and the Herald auditions were such a traumatic part of being a student there that I'd say pretty frequently Improv sets mention people going to Herald auditions or uh-huh. improv auditions, uh-huh. and if your audience is all improv people from that theater, they're gonna love it. Yeah, but yeah. if it's even half normal people, they don't. You know, that, that's a bad night to do that joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You started.
1: You talked about uh, like the length of notes, like the short that was a boring choice versus five minutes on something simple. I find with a with a long note, and I'm verbose at the best of times, I try so hard not to be. Um,
0: every teacher. I mean, every the, the first complaint about any improv teacher is they talk too much. Yeah. We just love making it sound difficult. <laughs> we also don't know what we're doing. Like, we're talking, trying to figure it out. We're like, maybe if I keep talking, the note will get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but I find, like, it doesn't matter what you say after the first sentence because, like, the student – is again like I always consider that it's coming from such a vulnerable place for the student that like as soon as I say anything, that person has gone straight in their head on that first note, and they're just like spinning on it.
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: And then like anything I say after that is just useless. I'm just like talking to myself.
0: Yeah, I remember my level three, my third improv class after shows. The third level at my improv school, we had like four class shows over eight weeks for I think all of us it was the most shows we'd ever done for me certainly and so after every one of those class shows the teacher would give us notes and I would just be like terrified that I was about to get like reamed I don't know why I was like 31 years old I was the oldest (laughs) guy in the class yeah but I was just petrified but he was a really nice teacher it was he usually would give one specific thing and then move on like when you did this move, uh, maybe there you could have said this instead or maybe we could have used a little bit more of this and you'd think, okay, yeah, yeah. And then he'd move on. You'd be like, oh, God, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel that,
1: that thank God from, from students when like, you move on from them.
0: Have you ever made anybody cry?
1: Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah.
0: I have too. And probably more than I'm remembering, but the time I remember, the person seemed fine. Right. And then they just started crying. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my God, how long yeah. have I been talking?" I, yeah. I didn't realize they were that this was an act of endurance for them. I thought right. we were having a conversation, but like, that's uh, real naive of me.
1: <laughs> right. I think like, I think I've made people cry uh, with a negative note, but I've also made people cry with a positive one. I think any time you're spending too long on someone, <laughs> then like, yeah. emotions start to well up, even if it's like, uh, even if I'm just like gushing over their scene.
0: There are certain types of hard notes I think people are more willing to listen to. One reason I like being strict about listening Mm -hmm. is if you can say, hey, this person said this, and then your next line was this, that looks like you ignored it. I've never had that argued. Right. Everybody accepts their responsibility to be like, yep. I mean, universally, people are like, I should have said that. I should have said that out loud. I should have repeated that. Like Listening when you can like give an example of missed listening that people don't argue it and they believe you and they don't seem insulted. They seem relieved. It's like telling someone they've got something in their teeth. Right. They're like, Oh, thank God you told me that.
1: Yeah. And I think part of that is like,
0: I'm, you're not judging them on their creativity. It's just process. It's like person said X and then you said green. (laughs) Where's X?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It might be a good time, like you. I mentioned right before we started um, actually doing the, the episode. Your your like improv note hierarchy.
0: Okay, yeah, which I had forgotten about, but you reminded me of.
1: Yeah, and you've looked it up. So let's. Do you want to share it
0: with everyone? Yeah. So this was something on an improv blog I used to have called uh, Improv Nonsense. All right. So. Um, I'm, it's so short. I'm gonna read the whole. This is a blog entry. I'm gonna read the whole thing because it's Please. short. Great. It's called maybe when giving notes, (laughs) maybe when giving notes, we should check the following things and note them in this order. One, are they listening and reacting and understanding each other? Two, if yes, are they committing to their own choices? Three, if yes, are they creating a world that seems truthful rather than just silly? Four, if yes, did they find a game and hit it? And you don't address later questions until they're doing the previous ones. Do you still stand by that? I do. I forgot all about this. (laughs) I I definitely agree that like listening, reacting, and committing are like, nobody argues them. People don't get their feelings hurt when you get really strict about it. They do have a really positive effect on somebody's improv when you tell somebody to be better at them. That's my go-to note when I don't know what to say. If the show is bad, I'm like... Okay, I'm just going to say I'm going to say commit a lot when I give these notes. I'm going to say re- react and commit. <laughs> cuz it's cuz I know it's not bad advice. Right, right, right. I know they're they're on board with it. Even if that's not what the problem was. It's like it's not like it could, you know, it's like I don't know what's wrong with this car. Maybe put more oil in the engine. It's like <laughs> uh, that's not going to hurt it. Let's let's add some more oil and <laughs> You say the word commit. Um,
1: I have a thing with the word commit. I think it's a great word.
0: I, lo- I love teachers' semantic arguments. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> I find, like in my experience, it's just super un- misunderstood sometimes. Uh huh. Sure. It's definitely vague. Right. Some people think commit is just like uh, get louder and more clownish. Mm, I see. Right. 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 Like if I'm like, uh, you know. Even if I'm like, yeah, this is great, commit to it. And then someone starts like crying like a big sad clown. Mm, I'm like, that's mm, not mm. what I meant. I didn't mean, I
0: didn't mean exaggerate. Uh, That's, yes, I have noticed that happened. That's true. So what do you mean Uh, when you say commit? I mean, more like make it real, like be a better actor, like make the thing real.
1: Right. Like let it be real for you.
0: Yeah. But um, I guess in terms of quick, terse phrases, that tended to produce better behavior in teams, commit is a pretty good one. It, like For sure. It's like yes and. Like People can twist around the phrase yes and to mean whatever they need it to mean, but yeah. it does tend to make things better when you tell people to do it. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. like a magic phrase. Yeah. But yep, you could definitely twist it. The particular subset of committing, not just being louder or more passionate, but the like, you know, let it be real to you, Mm-hmm. That's a really difficult thing to get across to people. You're basically telling them like act better. Yeah, yeah. Be a better actor. But like, what does that mean? Like, I I, I was what's acting in somebody's short, and they were like, "You're not. I can't feel you." Right. And I was like thinking, "I was like, well, I don't know what to do about that." Uh huh. Like, <laughs> I believe you, but like, I sit standing here on this set in this costume, I. I am not sure what I can do. Right. There probably is something that could be done, Uh but I'm not going to realize it in the 30 seconds before I have to do this scene again.
1: Yeah. 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 I had a Meisner teacher once who, who tried to get across that. Like anytime you're given an acting note that is like based on the receiver, like I can't feel you. That's like, that's not an actual actionable note for the actor. Yeah. Because it's the same as like saying, I don't believe you. Because like, I have no control over what you do and do not believe.
0: Right, right. Whereas you can tell me I'm not being truthful and then I might, I can action that. Right, right. Some of my least successful classes in the past couple of years have been when I'm like, I'm going to really like bear down on the acting and being truthful. Like, I don't know how to do it. I've tried many different angles and I don't, I don't know how. Nothing's yeah. better than an example from the scene they did. Nothing's better than just being like, you said this. Yeah, and that made me feel this, and then you did this, which seemed out of nowhere. Um, if you can hold on to some of those that are actual good examples of, that can really be, you know, uh, illuminating to people. I had a an a English teacher, a writing teacher, when I was in ninth grade. After we would turn papers in, one by one or the day after we turned them in, he would read them all. Then the next day he would call us up to his desk one by one. Everyone just had to read something. And then he would call you up and, and you'd, he'd hold your paper out. Very nice man. Yeah. And just like read the paper to you one sentence at a time. So he'd read the first sentence and he'd be like, what do you mean by that? And then you'd say what you meant. And he'd be like, what you just said, that's what you should have wrote, not this. And then he'd read the next sentence. What does this mean? And you'd be like, I don't know. Then he would just like cross it out. Then be like, what does this sentence mean? And it like made, us, made me, I should say, pay more attention to just like, what am I saying with this <laughs> sentence? Yeah. What is it I want to say? Maybe it's real. you know, instead of trying to sound like I'm writing an essay, maybe like think about what I want to say and just say it yeah. directly. Yeah. And there's some uh, equivalent of like improv coaching where it's like, okay, you did, did this line. That makes me feel this. Is that what you were thinking? No. Okay. Then you did this. You said you were thinking that you were this, but then your next line is this. What's that all about? Mm-hmm. And you can, it's. I guess it sounds like you're being a dick, but it's more like, let's just zoom in on two or three lines of the scene as an example of how you're, you know, you're confusing the audience or confusing me or something.
1: I think, yeah, like what, they're, what the improviser is actually thinking is such a good get out of jail free cut, unless what they are thinking is, oh my God, this impro- improv show sucks. Don't say that out loud. But like, <laughs>
0: yeah. if it is like,
1: oh, what you just said just hurt my character's feelings, like rather than think of some poetic yeah. way to say that, just say that.
0: Oh yeah, speak your mind is huge, huge. Yeah, teaching's hard. <laughs> it is.
1: I wanted to, I've only been in one, oh, two classes with you. uh So and it's not like I'm an authority on how you teach at all, but I did want to address one thing that you did that I loved.
0: Uh-oh. No, it's okay. I'm I'm flattered you remember anything. That's nice. Well, for sure.
1: I just want to know if it's something that, like, you do on purpose or if it's something that you always, uh, or you just did by fluke. But, like, I really appreciated that it felt like even after, you know, by the time you came to Melbourne, uh, you've been doing it for many, many years and taught right, many, Right, probably many 13
0: years. Right.
1: Um, But it still felt like you were exploring it and discovering it with us the entire time. Oh,
0: yeah. I think that's true. Right. You think it's true
1: that you were or that?
0: I think I perpetually am doing that. It's a combination of lack of confidence uh, in myself and, um, and just like genuinely being interested in it, just being like, does this work?
1: Right. Because, yeah, we definitely we did an exercise where you were like, I don't know about this, let's see. And then like as it was going, you're like, hang on, let's change one thing. And then I was like, I loved that it didn't feel like, here's Will Hines, that fucking knows everything. Can't <laughs> Can't surprise this guy.
0: <laughs> I mean... I think like one of the ways to be a good teacher and again, I don't always do this, but sometimes I do it's like be a really good, like audience member, like listen intently and notice everything, right? Like pay more attention than anybody. And so that you can report back your feelings at any moment. Just like, you know, when you watch a movie or a TV show that you love, you notice a lot of things like just be that way about the improv scene. You're watching really, really be a, thorough reporter of what it was like to watch the scene. Um, I mean, that's sometimes difficult, but if, if you are somebody who likes improv, then you should be able to tap into that to like be an enthusiastic and generous audience member.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I certainly know personally, my notes got a million times better when I stopped trying to write down things that were happening in the scene or trying to like yeah write my thoughts throughout it because I just found that the more I paid attention, the more I remembered, so...
0: Yes, I take minimal notes. I'll write down, like, who's in it, and, like, a couple words to just jog my memory of what the scene is, you know? Right, Yeah. You know, Mel and Bob, angry butchers, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Or even just butchers, you know? Just so, so like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that one.
1: And the other thing that you did, you're the only teacher I've had that's done this. Uh, You did a scene with a student. Mm -hmm. Like, pretty early on. Like, you, uh, I think to to maybe even explain the um, exercise
0: exercise. You yeah. Just did the scene. Yeah. Um, do you always do that? Um, I will frequently do that. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a flaw if a teacher jumps in scenes a lot because it's like very noticeable and impactful, but I th- I think doing it to explain, look, here's what I'm looking for is not bad. Right. If I don't know how to explain it otherwise, sometimes I'm like, look, if I do it, You'll see what I mean and you'll, it'll demystify what I'm saying. And then I also don't think it's bad at the end of a class for a teacher to do something. Oh, and I'll also occasionally do it to show a tag out or a walk-on that would take too long to explain. I'll be like, I'm just going to do this. It'll be two lines and then I can refer to it in notes. Gotcha. And I'll consciously be like, I'm about to end the scene anyway. So I'm going to just jump in and do this one move. To show like, oh, I can jump in and I will be another example of the weird thing. They're like, they're, they're forgetting that you can do that or something like that. Sometimes it just feels like the best way to explain something. However, at some point, like after I've been doing it a while, I realized, oh, it's like weird for students when a teacher does a scene. It, it distorts things a little bit and I should, I should try to be sparing about it. I, I can't overuse that. If I do it, I'm not thinking I'm going to fucking wow him with this. It's really meant to be more of here is a plain example that might not even be that great, but I'm just showing you what I'm looking for in a scene. Right. You know, like the whole, like, speak your mind situation, like just say what you're thinking. People can really complicate that too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, because I'll tell people I'll, there'll, there'll be a scene and someone will be, you know, someone will be like a parent who – thinks their kid is lying to them, you know, and I'll be like, just say what you're thinking. And they'll be like, well, uh, listen, son, I wouldn't say that you sound like someone who, and I'm like, what are you doing? Just tell them they're lying. Just say you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) Or I think you're lying. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm looking for. So sometimes if I do a scene, like I'm going to do a scene where I speak my mind every line. Yes. And I, I literally will just do that. Right. And I'm not Worried about the scene being good. I, I could not imagine doing a scene for class where I'm like, look out. I'm going to fucking wow you. Um, also, I feel way less confident as a performer than a teacher. So sometimes the scariest part of going on the road and teaching workshops is you invariably get asked to do a show. And I'm like, well, this is where they find out that I'm fucking full of shit and I can't do anything.
1: Yeah. This is, the yeah. jig
0: is up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's the cruelest part about, yeah, teaching in a theater is like, well, inevitably your class is going to watch you on, on the weekend. And then you're yeah. like, well, i got to live up to
0: all the shit I talk. Although I always appreciated it watching my teachers. Even if they had a bad show, it didn't make me disrespect. And in fact, it made me respect them more. I'd be like, I could sort of see what they tried to do to get out of a bad show or how they reacted or how they adjusted and how they carried themselves. So I I I, I always liked the teachers who were... it. I think it's like kind of weirdly vulnerable to like still be doing it. Yeah. So I mean, Paul McCartney puts out an album every two years and I love it. He doesn't rest on his laurels. He's just like, here's another album. Uh, What do you think? You know? And people are like, we don't like it as much. And he's like, okay, well I'm going to do another one in two years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I often tell, do you know this, this thing about Paul McCartney? Uh, I think I heard it from Penn Gillette. He was like, I was talking to Paul McCartney once and, and he told me that he felt like the Beatles, didn't get as successful as they should have <laughs> <laughs> and like Pendulet like to cap it off he was just like so that taught me that no one ever gets to where they want to get to like there is no end point to your creative struggle or, or your or search for success
0: jesus you'll never feel it <laughs> yeah if, if the beatles didn't feel it no one did now for a practical nugget When you're giving notes to a group after a show, you can be honest just with how good the show was overall. And that's where you establish your credibility. If it was good and it went over well, you have to say that went over great. And if it was bad and it went over badly, you gotta say something like, Okay, that was a rough one. And they won't mind that. That's to let you that's to let them know that you are seeing the same world they saw. So establish credibility by correctly assessing how well the show went. I mean you can Aaron, a little bit on the positive side, but generally truthful. Great. Now we're going to do a little scene and our suggestion is
1: ignored. Good. I just felt like, um, Roger didn't care at all about our presentation, Bill.
0: Yeah. I, I thought there, I thought we were going to really, I, I, I thought he might be upset, uh, or, you know, or he might see it our way and, and, and go with what we were saying, but he, he did hear us, right? Like we're in the, we were in the room with him. So he must've, I mean, yeah, we were all in the same room. I mean,
1: I mean, it just happened as far as I remember. We we're in the same room. Uh, he was there. We had the, the PowerPoint up.
0: I think I was talking at a usual volume. You were talking, you were right? talking great. You right? sounded great. You sure? I remember th- I remember thinking Charles is doing great. Like, right. you know, we were so nervous before, but then we got yeah. in there I was like, Charles is crushing it. This is This is going great. Yeah. And you're just going to be blown away.
1: Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what we both thought we'd done so much work. And I mean, if I'm honest, you, you were talking, I'd even say louder than usual. I think you were projecting beautifully.
0: I think. As I was a... so worried about being loud.
1: No. Yeah, I was you... so
0: worried about being too quiet. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 Really, really wanted to like be heard. You were really heard, man.
1: And you did a really good job. I was very proud of you. Uh, and in fact, the more that you spoke, the more I felt like we were a shoe in to get the deal. But God, I just, I, I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe were we experiencing a different reality to what, what he was experiencing?
0: I mean, everybody wants to be the ad company for Roger. He sells yogurt. That's true, that's true. He sells tons of yogurt. If we get the advertising account for him, we're set. Like, that's going to keep our lights on for the next five years. You're right, you're right. And we're not the only ad agency that thinks that. Right. Everybody wants the yogurt account from Roger. Right. Right. So maybe this is his move, like not giving any notice, you know, keeping Mm. keeping all Mm. of the ad agencies on a string a little bit.
1: God, yeah, it doesn't feel good though, does it? I mean, no. do you want to make? Do you want to work for a guy who makes you feel this bad about yourself after a presentation?
0: No, no, no. we don't need this asshole. Actually, actually, right. Now that I think about it, like, yeah, you, you know what? If this is the way he treats his employees, uh huh, I don't want his business. Frankly, uh-huh. I don't give a shit how much money it is.
1: Uh, you, you are speaking to the heart of me, Bill. I think you're right. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this man who makes me feel like nothing. I'm going to send him a text. All right.
0: What are you going to say? Go fuck yourself.
1: I love it. Okay. Give me a second. I got his direct number. Great. I'm so nervous, but I'm excited. Okay. Just sent
0: it. Shit. I put it in all capital letters. Fucking
1: hell. Bill, we might be going out of business after this, but we're not going out of friendship. Who gives a shit? At (laughs) least we're not... Getting in bed with a toxic. That's it. Yeah. I can, I'll be able to sleep tonight knowing I'm broke, but I um, have spoken my, my mind and my heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes the money makes you act like someone you're not proud of in this business. Yeah. Yeah. So just gotta remember, you know what? It's more important that I respect myself than I, oh, hang on. Hang on. He answered. He answered. Oh, shit, 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 shit. Who is this? Oh, okay. Now do we double down? Or he fucking knows who it is. He knows who this is. Right. What is this? He's just he's ignoring this again. Oh God. Who is this? That
1: is so- Who is this? That is
0: evil. What I really want to do is send him a dick pic, but I don't feel comfortable doing that. So what I'm gonna do is I'm I'm just gonna write the word I'm just gonna write the words dick pic and send it.
1: (laughs) Great. Great. That is conniving. I'm just gonna text all caps. Dick pick. This is why you're my most brilliant friend. This is... You
0: think I'm the, your most brilliant friend? Come on. Yeah, come on. Everybody wants to fire me. You're the only guy who's got my back at the firm. You what? founded the firm. You founded the firm. Yeah. If you didn't have my back, I'd be
1: out of there. I'm employing my best friend till the day I die, mate. He, Thank you, he, Charles. I'm going to, at your, at your funeral, I'm going to say... I'm going to tell the story. He said the words "dick pic" instead of sending a okay, dick pic. That's... I'm texting the words "dick pic."
0: Here we go. That's dick brilliant. Pick send. There go. That's amazing. So, just to recap, I said "go fuck yourself." He said, "Who is this?" Yeah. And I typed the words "dick pic," and I think that's good. I think it's brilliant. Who I... is this? What kind of mo- boy? It's clear to me how this guy got to be in charge of yogurt. Yeah, uh, not all of yogurt, but just his company's, you know, uh, advertising budget for yogurt. But um, yeah, he yeah, treats he people answers. like dirt. He, answers, he well, treats people like dirt. Yeah, he's used to it.
1: Obviously, power's gone to his head. Well, he's used to fermenting milk, so he's he knows how to ferment a person, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what it, it is. Yeah. We're all just virus. We're all just fungal curds. Uh huh.
0: Did you say he wrote back? Or yeah, he did.
1: Okay, shit. I'm so, my heart is pounding. It's insane.
0: He says, "I know who you are." Oh,
1: he knows who you are based on the words "dick pic
0: <laughs> That gave it away. When I wrote dick pic, that gave it away? Is that what he's saying? I don't, uh, I don't understand this man. Maybe he like searched the phone number through his contacts and just figured out who I am. Maybe. You Have you sent him a dick pic before that he might I've think you're I've sent him nothing. To... Okay. This is the first time I'm communicating with him. No, I haven't <laughs> sent him a dick pic. I've not sent him the words dick pic. Okay. The first time I've communicated with him over text was saying, go fuck yourself. That's, right, right. that's going to be the top of a text chain. If I become friends with Roger, that will remain at the top of the text wow. chain to the end of time. I got to tell you something, Charles, I was going to quit. Really? I was going to quit your firm today. What? Why? What? The, I, Cause I just feel like I'm screwing up and, uh, and weirdly at the same time, I feel not appreciated. That doesn't make sense, but uh, yeah. yeah, I was, I was going to walk. I was going to walk. I was going to do the presentation. Wow. And then once, and then once he accepted, I was going to walk.
1: Oh, Bill, that I was going to walk. I was going to walk Charles. I, I, that's, that's, that hurts, that hurts my heart yeah, but mate. I know I, it hurts, I know it hurts I'm sorry I, you, Sure, you do You do screw up, right? But you screw up in the most miraculous and beautiful ways I've never known someone to screw up so So creatively, to the point where I'm sure one of your, one of your ideas Are going to be a hit one day, that's why I keep you on One day, but none of them Have been No, but that's, that's alright Lots of misses, that's fine, you're still taking shots
0: I mean, I appreciate that support. I, I got to go. I got I to gotta quit the firm. Oh, it's, and I, I was going to say it's for your sake, but it's for my sake, actually. You're, you're, you're coddling me too much. Bill, it's because I... Uh, I need structure. Bill, I deeply respect you, mate. And if this is what you have to do... I know you do. I know you deeply respect me. And that's the problem, it seems. It's driving me nuts. Okay. When, when Roger... Didn't react at all. I was like, this is what I want, I think. Well, wow, not from are... him, because fuck him. Okay. But like, but like, I need some of that. I need some of that pushback. Hang on, he texted again. He texted again.
1: Oh, this is interesting.
0: He just says, I like you? What does that mean?
1: God,
0: I'm he's... still not convinced he knows who I am. No. He said, I know who you are and I like you. This guy's this guy's great.
1: All right, well, I can play, I can play this game. Who, who,
0: who are you? <laughs> who, what? Who are you? What, you're just now in conversation pretending to not know who I am? What? Are I you like, texting to I him like or to you, me?
1: I like you a lot.
0: You're just, saying, you're just saying to me what I got over text? You're, who is this? you can't just you can't just nakedly say the things that were texted to me in a certain context and expect them to work come
1: on come on who i know i like you come on
0: <laughs> it, does, it does feel pretty good for you. yeah there hey, you go no, you can't do that you can't do that i i like it i, I like when you compliment me but you, you, you can't you can't just nakedly repeat f- i'm not some machine where you can just put certain materials on input and get a reaction out of me? I've, I've just sent you a text. Let me check. Hmm. <laughs> That's a pretty good move.
1: Yeah. I'll see you back in the office. All right, I'll be there.
0: I I told you, perfect scene. Yeah, man. Let, it, let him try to find a flaw. There's no way. It's a goddamn gold standard. <laughs> <laughs> Improv teachers always do perfect scenes together. That's what I've said. I've said it many times. <laughs> see you, Bronny. See you, buddy. Good to see you. Take care. You
1: too. There you have it, my friends. That was Will Hines on Given Notes. Now you yourself are... A qualified teacher and coach. There you go. We did it, everyone. Good job. <laughs> Again, if you enjoyed that, please check out Will Hines' uh, new improv school on the internet called World's Greatest Improv School, WG Improv uh, Also, his website is willhines.net. And of course, his book, How to Be the Greatest Improviser on Earth, is excellent. So check that out if you haven't already. Until next time, my friends, my thanks to Will, my thanks to you for listening. I'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to take a moment to rate and review us on your preferred service. Five stars, please. We've got heaps of original sketch comedy on our YouTube page. Subscribe at youtube.com slash improvconspiracy.